In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new here, hey, thanks for giving me a chance to check this out. You got questions, we got answers. What the hell is going on? Look around right now. Look outside. What do you see? Is this how the world should be working? You think so? You think this is how the world should be working? Listen, man, I I don't know. I don't know 100% if what I'm going to tell you is 100% accurate because nothing is 100% accurate. But I can tell you for sure that we're being lied to. I feel we are being lied to on a scale that is scandalous. All of us, we're being played, propagandized. And I'm here to tell you it's part of a plan. Think about this. Think about the most ruthless, intelligent, successful people you've ever known. You know, they don't even have to be ruthless. Think about the most successful people on the planet. Any biography you've read or anybody you know, people have plans. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. And anybody who's successful has plans. You have goals. Your family has goals. That's how you succeed in life. And if you want to be really good, you got a five-year plan. you got a ten-year plan. And in the case of, say, like a family office, someone who's really wealthy... They have generational plans, 100-year plans. And birds of a feather, what do they do? They flock together, right? We all know this. So is it really that obtuse to think that a bunch of really wealthy individuals who probably went to the same Ivy League schools, who are probably went to the same fraternities, i.e. skull and bones and all those homoerotic fag boy clubs. You know what I'm talking about. 
all those dummies. Those people have a plan for the world. And it's like I always say, if you don't have a seat at the table, then you are on the menu. I'm going to tell you where we're at. I, I think that we are in the midst of a technological global takeover, technocracy, right? And I'm going to get into, uh, if you haven't checked out a gentleman named Dr. Patrick Wood, well worth your while. He has a website called Technocracy. I think it's called technocracy.news, but I'll put it in the show notes. I'm going to go over some, some stuff that he's written a book called Technocracy, the Hard Road to World Order. And again, his name is Patrick M. Wood. Just Google him and listen to what this guy says. He really gets into stuff and he really knows what he's saying. So let's talk about the plan that was formulated a long time ago. And I'm going to read to you about this plan from documents of this plan. And you tell me if you think it sounds like what's happening right now. All right, are you ready? Let's go. Let's answer some questions. 1934. 1934, gentlemen, was when technocracy, and let me just explain what technocracy is. Technocracy is the science of social engineering, the scientific operation of the entire social mechanism to produce and distribute goods and services to the entire population. Not only did they invent the science of social engineering, but they intended to impose its methodology on the entire society. Furthermore, the object of the exercise was to produce goods and services to everyone. Well, doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't that sound nice and fair? There is no doubt that technocrats themselves openly declared that technocracy was a replacement economic system for capitalism. And the rest of the technocracy study course explained how it must be implemented and then operated by technocrats consisting of engineers, scientists, and technicians. Okay, this is the definition of the technocratic government system in the 30s. This is like their mission statement. Now, I want you to think about where our economy was in the 30s, right? We had the roaring 20s, and then what did we have? Then we had the, the incredible stock market meltdown, right? What was going on in the world? Remember our friends, the Germans? You know, not the Germans of today, but the old Germans. Remember those guys? When they had that, what they have that, that Hindu Buddha symbol on their helmet? Remember those guys? Yeah, those Germans. What have we got today? What are we looking at today? Well, we just had a booming system. We just had a booming 2008 to 2019, really. Even right now, is your, is your portfolio up 30%? We've had an incredible run on the stock market. And guess what? Everyone knows it's bullshit. Everyone knows it's bullshit. So there's some two similarities right there. And remember what everybody says, history doesn't necessarily repeat, but it definitely rhymes. Now, I want everyone to know I'm not against engineers, scientists, or technicians. I think all three of them have their place. And I think all three of them are usually incredibly intelligent people. And they, they're legitimate engineers, scientists, and technicians want to solve problems to make the world better. 
where we run into a problem is when, I don't care if you're an engineer or a priest, if you want to take over the world, you know what? You should come here and say hello to my little friend because your ego is out of control. Your idea, the fact that you want to run the world means that you're not all there in your head. Imagine imagine walking with somebody and you're walking down a park and you say, hey, how's it going, man? What you been up to? And your friend says, well, I was just thinking, you know who would make a great president? And you're like, I don't know who. And he says, me. I think I'd make a great president. So you would smack your friend and be like, dude, you would make a horrible president. Right? No one should have that much power. Especially a bunch of people that get together that think they're smarter than everybody else. Those are the worst people to be in charge. Think of the most spoiled, egotistical, arrogant, condescending dickhead that you know. That's the guy usually at the top. That's that guy. Not all the time. There's some awesome people. You got like Michael Saylor. You have some really good CEOs that care about people. But, you know, when I see Jeff Bezos, I think that that's that guy. Jeff Bezos seems a lot like like Randolph Hearst from back in the 30s. Ding, ding, ding. There we go. Look, we got ourselves another one. All right, let me give you a second observation on how I see the technocratic takeover happening right in front of our eyes. I'm going to give you the second point, and I'm also going to tie it back into this 1934 document. Science, right? Science is everywhere right now. And I'm so sick of watching these unenlightened liberal knuckleheads on TV talking about the science is settled. Global warming, the science is settled. Hey, the science is settled on COVID. Masks, the science is settled. I say bullshit. I call bullshit on all that. Anyone who knows anything about science knows that the science is never settled. It's never settled. Science aims to make a prediction about the future. I could throw chicken bones and make a prediction about the future. Doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean it's true. And the best science we have right now is at best true enough. Okay, it's true enough to work. You got to have something, so you might as well find something that's true enough. But from that last reference I made, you know, science aiming to make a prediction in a way is kind of like throwing chicken bones. And what a, you know, I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. If I had a million dollars, I'd spend it all. You know, it's science is becoming a religion. And that is a huge problem. We cannot rely on, we've already proven that Religion, while good in so many ways, it gives us faith. It gives us something to look forward to. It helps answer questions that are unknowable. Those are the good parts about religion. But a religious leader of the world is a problem. Look at the Pope. Like how many... How many children have been abused in the scandals in the Catholic Church? They just cover that right up. 
hey, nothing to see here. Same is true with science, right? How many, how much science was Jeffrey Epstein involved in? Right, if you listen to Brett Weinstein or you listen to, how about Bill Gates? How much science is that guy involved in? Science has a nice way of just putting a, a sort of kind word wallpaper over mass corruption and death and disgusting experimentation on unwitting individuals. Hence all these different vaccines, right? You guys like statistics? Let me, let me give you a few statistics right here. I saw this yesterday, and this kind of blew my mind. This is coming straight out of the European Council. And what these guys are saying... First off, let me just let me let me go ahead and start with this. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. American pharmaceutical giant Pfizer Inc. and its subsidiary Pharmacia and Upjohn Company Inc. have agreed to pay 2.3 billion, the largest healthcare fraud settlement in the history of the Department of Justice, to resolve criminal and civil liability arising from the illegal promotion of certain pharmaceutical products, September 2nd, 2009. Did you hear that? $2.3 billion in the largest healthcare fraud settlement in history. In history. Do you trust them? You want to trust them? Okay, come on, man. I know what you're thinking. Come on, man. How about this? Come on, man, Johnson & Johnson, the opioid epidemic at the height of the corona crisis, barely covered by the media, mind you, coinciding with the launch of the COVID-19 vaccine in early November 2020, Johnson & Johnson and its three distributors involved in the marketing of prescription opioids reached a tentative $26 billion settlement with counties and cities that sued them for damages. The class action lawsuit was the largest federal court case in American history. Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, come on, man. You decide whether you want to be vaccinated by Pfizer or J&J. Which, which one of those guys do you trust sticking the jab in your arm? And mind you, mind you, these vaccines are not approved by the FDA. But they are science according to them, right? They're not approved. I got a, I put up a post yesterday and it immediately got tagged with, you know how like uh, YouTube and Facebook put up these little disclaimers. I put up a post yesterday and immediately there was like a little COVID sign on there that says the, va- the COVID-19 vaccines go through several tests and have gone through multiple tests before being used on the public. Think about that. That's what the disclaimer said. It said COVID-19 vaccines have gone through multiple tests for safety. The fuck does that mean? That don't mean shit. Didn't say what the test results were. It didn't say how many people died. It didn't say any of that. It just said that they had 
gone through tests. Well, no shit. All right, let me give you the breakdown, okay? Anyone curious about statistics? Let me give you some. Here's some for you right now. 3,964 people dead. 162,610 injuries. But I'm just getting warmed up. Let me tell you each individual player here. Here's the breakdown. Total reactions for the experimental vaccine AZD-1222. Chadox-1 NCOV-19 from Oxford, AstraZeneca. 451 deaths and 54,571 injuries. And that is as of 3-13-21. Total reactions for the experimental mRNA vaccine, tozinamarin, code BNT162B2, Comirnaty, from BioNTech slash Pfizer. You ready? You ready? You sure? 2,540 deaths and 102,100 injuries as of 3-13-21. Total reactions for the experimental mRNA vaccine. MRNA-1273 from Moderna. 973 deaths and 5,939 injuries as of 3-13-21. Yeah, too bad the families of these individuals have no recourse. You know, what if this was you? What if it was your kid, your parent, your grandparent? This is a fucking experiment that they're that they are wielding on people. And how, like why would anybody do it? You know why people would do it? Because they're scared. How do you get anybody to do anything? The carrot and the stick, right? All day long people watch TV and they're being hit over the head with this giant stick. Oh man, you want to travel? You want to see your kids? You want to hug your kids? You're going to die if you don't take this. You can't go outside if you don't take this. You got to get one of these shots. You're going to die. Oh man, do you have a a compromised immune system? You're going to die. You know, and look, I don't care who you are. If you sit in front of TV all day and you listen to that, that shit's scary. Most people don't understand what's happening. Most people don't take the time Or maybe, you know what, most people don't have enough time. Most people are busy with their kids, going to work, trying to make their lives a little bit better. And then all of a sudden, here comes this tidal wave of news about this scary boogeyman. And let's talk about boogeymen for a minute. Oh, no. Remember, like, in the the 60s and 70s, communism's going to get you. And then what happened? Nothing, goddammit. Nothing happened. Then the Cold War. Remember the Cold War? Don't. We can't let Russia win. We got to fake a fucking trip to the moon. Right? Russia didn't win. How about 9-11? All these damn terrorists. All these terrorists everywhere. You got to take off your underwear when you go to the, when you go to TSA now. Bend over, spread your cheeks. You might have some hidden up there. Right? That's never going away. The Patriot Act. We got the Patriot Act out of that, remember? What came after the... How long did we milk the terrorism for a while? And and then what did we have? Now we have like this dual purpose one. Now we got two boogeymen. Maybe even three. Right, we got the big bad Chinese. Oh no. This third world country that's landlocked by these giant mountains that can only get their stuff from the ocean. And they have like three major cities. 
we would destroy China in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. You just blockade them. Put up your 10 ships and fucking stand there and flip them off. You ain't getting anything. Now what are you going to do? We starve them. Starve those guys in a heartbeat. What do we have? We also have the COVID-19 world boogeyman. No, no. COVID-19 is the flu. It's the flu. One of my favorite ones, though, is is the uh, white supremacist. Oh, man, watch out for this guy. There's so many of these people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or the maybe you live in a different country, so now you have domestic terrorists. You know what a domestic terrorist is? A domestic terrorist is someone who sees his freedom being stolen from him. Let me prove it to you. What do firefighters fight? They fight fires. What do crime fighters fight? They fight crime. What do freedom fighters fight? Yeah, you got to think about that one for a minute, huh? Okay, done with that little bit of rant. Let me, let me get back to the technocratic part of the crux of my argument here. The reason I brought all those up, they're all based somewhat on science. Remember 9-11, how the buildings fell down and we had to have scientists come in and be like, well, you know, it couldn't have been bombs because... Uh, you know, steel doesn't melt at uh, this particular degrees. It had to be a plane because of this. Well, we knew it was the terrorists because we found their passport. You know, people tend to give way to authority because we tend to trust our government. And people tend to think that scientists are these arbitrary figures that are not politicians, but they're not really greedy executives either. They're like this person in the middle that is arbitrary, but that's bullshit. If you want to do a fun experiment, put on a lab coat and a clipboard and walk around and see how people treat you. You could probably do it with just, if you dress nice and had a clipboard and a piece of paper, you could probably walk into any club, any building, anywhere and just say, hey, I'm here with, uh, make up some, you know, official sounding name. I'm with the human the Human Genome Fund, and we're doing, uh, I work with the city, and we are needing to come in and check out a few things in here. I can't really talk about it, but I'm going to need to come in and check some things out. You see how far that clipboard gets you. You put on a lab coat, watch out. Look at the way our, our stock market is running. If you look at the financial system, right, the economy, economists call themselves scientists. Okay, so let's define a little bit of what this, what the technocracy architecture was and still is today, at least in my opinion. Technocracy is a resource-based economic system that uses energy as its accounting system. This is in contrast to our current economic system, which is price-based, i.e. supply and demand, and uses money as its accounting system. In a resource-based economic system, all resource inputs required for human subsistence would be carefully measured and meted out in the most efficient manner in order to eliminate waste. All consumption, all consumption, all consumption would be automatically limited by issuing to all citizens a quota of energy certificates. 
How about carbon credits? Does that sound kind of familiar? These certificates could be spent on goods and services priced according to the energy that it took to make them in the first place. Huh. How about the whole carbon trading, carbon emissions? This, they reasoned, would create a utopia-like society where people would only work 20 hours per week and yet still have abundance of material goods available for consumption. You see, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. The official requirements for technocracy. You guys want to know what these are? Let's listen to them. And you tell me if you can think if any of these that were written in the 30s are relevant today or are beginning to take shape. Register a continuous 24-hour-per-day basis the total net conversion of energy. By means of the registration of energy converted and consumed, make possible a balanced load. Provide a continuous inventory of all production and consumption. I'm going to read that again. Just think about this as I read it. Provide a continuous inventory of all production and consumption. How could they possibly do that? They do it in China. The surveillance state, right? What does your phone do? You think your phone doesn't know what you buy? How many times have you started talking about something and then boom, you get an ad. Oh, I was just thinking about buying that. Yeah, because your phone's listening. You know why? Because they're providing a continuous inventory of all production and consumption. Number four, provide a specific registration of the type kind, etc., of all goods and services where produced and where used. Provide specific registration of the consumption of each individual, plus a record and description of that individual. Think about that. Provide specific registration of the consumption of each individual plus a record and description of the individual. Man, sounds like we're losing a lot of freedom. We're becoming like those chicken farms where you're just packed into cages and you you, you lose your freedom. You lose everything about humanity when you become a commodity. Allow the citizen the widest latitude of choice in consuming his individual share of continental physical wealth. (laughs) That one is like, you, what do you want for dinner? You can have anything you want. Do you want orange carrots or purple carrots? Listen to this again. Allow the citizen the widest latitude of choice in consuming his individual share. (laughs) Like that's so funny to me. You can have all you want of your share. What if your share is the size of a donut? You can have all of it or you can just have a little bit of it. It's up to you. You have all the choice in the world. It's like that old George Carlin line, right? Where he says, you have the illusion of choice. The illusion of choice. There's three major banks, two major insurance companies, but there's 27 different flavors of bagels. You can have whatever one you want. You just have to bank at this place, have this insurance company, drive this car, but you could 
eat five different flavors of bagels. Distribute number seven, distribute goods and services to every member of the population. You know, again, the road to hell, good intentions. In items one and two, you can see the focus on control over energy, distribution, and consumption. Items three to five cover the extensive collection of data that would be used to monitor and control the societal machinery. Item six indicates that citizens could buy anything they wanted, limited only by the number of energy certificates that were issued at the beginning of the accounting period. Item seven points out that every single member of society would be in the system with no possibilities of holdouts. You see, again, again, everybody, 1934, this was written in. What do you think COVID passports are? That's like the, that's like the tag in the ear of a cow. This is like the, the, the microchip in your dog. That QR code you have, that's your QR code. It says everything about you. Everything. And if you think it's not a tiered system, think again. Let me give you some other key points to the original definition of technocracy. Private property would be eradicated altogether. Everything would be owned in common by the technate and controlled by them. You see, one point I want to make right now is that too many of us, black, white, old, young, men, women, boomers, Generation Z, we're being, we're being manipulated to fight each other. You get it? With words like communism and, and you know, racial undertones of, of discrimination and racism and critical theory and and the shit you look I'm not saying that stuff doesn't exist it clearly does but the cases that you see on TV are being sensationalized and they run them all day long I mean just just think like is it possible that is it possible that the people in media want to change behavior so they show you things that make you upset like we we know from studies done on behavior about click rates that people click on sensational things it's the same thing for media outlets in order to get revenue dollars they must keep people's attention so they have to show things that are sensational and they cater to the worst part of human behavior and while all this bread and circus is going on behind the scenes people are taking control of the supply chains. They're changing the way we work. They're changing what we can eat. They're changing behavior from behind the scenes while we fight about Trump or Biden or Kamala or Tulsi. Like, that's all bullshit. Those people don't run shit. None of them. None of them. That's a fucking joke. The people you think are in power, you, they're not the people in power. Biden is an an 80-year-old dementia 
an 80-year-old with dementia. You get it? Like, that guy's put there so we can make fun of him and watch him fall downstairs. And if something bad happens, they can get rid of him. Who cares? Right? Same thing with Trump. Like, that guy don't care about you. None of these people in power give a shit about you. Not one of them. You want to know who's running stuff? Look at the wealthiest people. Look at the Gates Foundation. Bill Gates just bought up the most farmland in America. Why would he do that? Why? Because if you control food, you control people. If you want to know what's happening, you know, look up Davos. Look up the World Economic Forum. Look at the World Health Organization. Big money people. Family offices. Multinational corporations. Interlocking board of directors. These are the real power behind our world economy. And this system, I'm telling you, this technocratic takeover is what's happening. It's real. It's not a joke. And if if you can begin to see it, let me be clear what I'm trying to do. I want to I want to shock everybody by telling you the truth. But I also want to prepare you so that you can make the necessary moves in your life to, to better yourself and your family. You know, if you know what's coming, you can better prepare for it. If you know that the controlled burn of the economy is coming, then you'll know what stocks to be out of. You'll know what to start reading and what to start learning and what to start doing to better yourself so that you can participate in the high-end levels of the future that's upon us. We're not going to stop it. I mean, if you have ideas, let me know. And along the way, I'll try to tell you how to throw some wrenches in the system. However, my goal is to get you guys to understand that you've you got to change. You have to see clearly with your own eyes what's happening in this world and then prepare yourself and your family to be successful in the next few generations because it's going to happen in 10 years. You won't even recognize the world by 2030. Think about what's happened in the last year. We are in the midst of a takeover. We are we are at war right now. Fourth, fifth generational warfare right now. Let me finish off. I know I'm going a little bit long here. So let me just finish off some more points here. And then we'll pick it back up tomorrow. So we were on other key points of the original definition of technocracy. All price-based currencies would be abolished and replaced by a system of energy certificates. Energy certificates would be issued at the start of an accounting period and expired at the end of it, preventing accumulation of savings for future needs. Right? That's what's happening with our money right now, right? That's why they want to go to the digital dollar. They don't want people to accumulate. And you might think, well, that's pretty good, George. Maybe it would do away with like uh, you know, like the wealth disparity. No, it wouldn't. Because guess what? The people at the very top are going to accumulate everything. And you're going to accumulate nothing. You get it? The rules aren't for everybody. These rules are for the unwashed masses, people like you and I. All conceivable human needs, food, housing, transportation, medical, retirement, etc. would be met 
by the technate at their sole discretion. I don't know if you guys said this. Okay, 1934. 1934. Did you recently see the uh, World Economic Forum come out and talk about the future? You will own nothing and you'll be happy. Think about that. That was the World Economic Forum that just came out. And that's the statement that the head of the World Economic Forum made. He said, in the future, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. That sounds a lot like slavery to me. That sounds like a lot of slavery mixed in with some brave new world SOMA. Traditional systems of government would be abolished, including Congress and state governments. Think about it. Everyone right now hates politicians, myself included. People would probably be cheering to get rid of those dummies. But before you start tearing things down, you should ask yourself a question. What are we going to put in its place? It's easy to tear shit down, hard to build it back. Just because you hate politicians doesn't mean that your corporate leader would be any better. A continental board of technocrats would manage all economic and societal affairs according to function and service sequences defined by and run by themselves. What do you think central banking is? Central banking currently does that. Look at your own pal, Janet Yellen, the board of directors for the Fed. Education would be transformed into human conditioning to prepare students for a lifetime of work chosen for them by the technique. Let me read that again. Education would be transformed into human conditioning to prepare students for a lifetime of work chosen for them. 1934, this was written. Let me read it a different way. Currently, with COVID-19, education has been transformed into human conditioning to prepare children for a lifetime of slavery. Look at it like this. How many kids want to code? How many kids want to learn to code? Every toy right now is coding. Every toy is technology. Every toy, like right now, we're conditioning children. You have to learn how to code. You think kids want to learn how to code? Kids want to go outside and play tag. They don't want to learn to code. But it's being thrust upon them. Science and scientific method would be the sole guide to decision making throughout the technique based on collected data. Science and scientific method would be the sole guide to decision making throughout the technique. Some people might be like, well, you know what? The scientific method, George, you know, I, I create my hypothesis and then I do my research, I test it. You know, just follow the method. Well, you need look back no further than when this was written in the 30s. Think about some of the science being done then. How about the science of eugenics? Let's get rid of these inferior people. Let's just murder them all. They're a bunch of retards. Let's put them all away. No, no, no. Let's not kill them. Let's do science experiments on them. Let's test them. 
You don't got to give him medicine. Let's see if you can dye that Jewish guy's eyes a different color. Just strap him down. We'll do some science on him. Science can be barbaric. In fact, you know, science without morality might be the definition of barbarism. Well, we covered a lot today. And for those of you that are new, look, we're going to be jumping back into this tomorrow. You know, I'm going to, I want to dig into these answers, man. I'm passionate about it. And I know a lot of people are scared. A lot of people are wondering what the hell is going on. And I've had a lot of conversations with people where I start breaking this stuff down and I just see their eyes grow big. Some of them blow me off, but other people are like, wow, I've never heard that before. So my aim, again, is to share with you some of the things I've been reading and to not scare you or make you mad, but both these things, you may feel both these things, but the objective is for you to prepare so that you know what you and your family should be doing to be successful in the future. If you have no option to change the world, I say you better try to get into the top 1% as fast as you can. Because time is waiting for nobody. So there you go. You got questions, I got answers. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Aloha. Hello, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.